0: 57, we're just progressing right along through the psalms. This is a short psalm. This psalm and then the next two after it, 58 and 59, are are somewhat similar. There are some some similarities that we will see as we go through these next three psalms. But uh, even even so, we will still uh, cover each of them individually, and there may be some, some things that jump out to us about each one. Psalm 57. Psalm 57, we'll read the whole thing, and uh, then we'll talk about it. Psalm 57, we'll read the superscription, and then we will read through all 11 verses, and then we'll pray. For the choir director, do not destroy a Davidic mictum when he fled before Saul into the cave. Be gracious to me, God, be gracious to me, for I take refuge in you. I will seek refuge in the shadow of your wings until danger passes. I call to God the Most High, to God who fulfills His purpose for me. He reaches down from heaven and saves me, challenging the one who tramples me, Selah. God sends His faithful love and truth. I am surrounded by lions. I lie down with those who devour men. Their teeth are spears and arrows. Their tongues are sharp swords. God, be exalted above the heavens. Let your glory be over the whole earth. They prepared a net for my steps. I was despondent. They dug a pit ahead of me, but they fell into it. Salah. My heart is confident. God, my heart is confident. I will sing. I will sing praises. Wake up, my soul. Wake up, harp and lyre. I will wake up the dome. I will praise you, Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your faithful love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches the clouds. God, be exalted above the heavens. Let your glory be over the whole earth. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this good psalm. We thank you for these words of praise that we hear of David tonight. And God, I pray that you would help us to utter such words in our lives. As we have good days and we have bad days, God, as we go through trials in our life, just as David did, God, let us call out to you and praise you to know that you are with us. God, let our confidence be in you, not in anything in the world, not in any of our strength, because, God, our strength will fail and this world will fail us. But, God, if our confidence in you, it is a confidence that will not be shaken. And so, God, I pray that as we look at these words tonight, that you would help us to grow in that confidence. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in the superscription of this psalm, we again have some language that it really is hard for us to know exactly what it means. Now, it says here that this is for the choir director. Uh, It says, do not destroy in some of your translations. uh, In other of your translations, especially if you have the King James versions, it's gonna say, Altasketh, which is simply a transliteration of the Hebrew word, uh, and we talked about that some Sunday, what transliterations were, and that's what the word is. If you see that in your King James Bible, or perhaps in other translations too, al-tasketh means do not destroy. Now, that really doesn't help us too much because there's not really any real agreement as to what, what do not destroy means. The, the The best thing that people come up with is similar to what we've seen in the rest of these Psalms with these... Phrases that we don't understand, and that is, it could be a tune that this psalm would have been saying to, something uh, that this song, uh, this psalm would have gone along with. So it says, "Do not destroy." I don't know if that has anything to do with the psalm. It really doesn't seem to fit what the content of the psalm is. Uh, either this one or the next two, because they too have the same word, "Al tasketh," uh, or "Do not destroy." They have the same superscription, and so it's possible, and the most likely uh, 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 solution for what that means is that it's the tune that this psalm would have uh, gone with. This is a Davidic psalm, and it says it was written when David fled before Saul into the cave. Now, that's that's kind of a general description. Uh, It could apply to two different occasions in David's life. The first is found in 1 Samuel 22. It says that David was in a cave hiding out and his family came and was there with him. And then probably the the more well-known incident with David in the cave comes a couple of chapters later in 1 Samuel 24 when David is hiding in a cave and Saul is trying to find him. And Saul goes into the cave to relieve himself. And David has an opportunity that he could take Saul's life there, but instead... Uh, he does not do that. Uh, he he says, "Look, I'm not going to take the life of God's uh, the one that God has appointed and put into this position." Now David does cut the corner off of Saul's robe in that story, and even then he feels bad. And he, as Saul leaves, he goes out of the cave and 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 confesses to. What he has done now. Both of those instances in First Samuel are instances where David is in a cave, and so it's possible that the writing of this uh, was around one of those uh, situations. There, it doesn't really matter which one. But uh, if you if you see that in the superscription and you're wondering, well, those are two possibilities, you can go back and study in First Samuel uh, and and see what was going on. Uh, the language as we start out in verse one is very similar to what we've seen over these last few psalms. They all kind of have a similar tone in some ways. And David starts out by saying, be gracious to me, God, be gracious to me. Or some of your translations may say, uh, be merciful, oh God, be merciful. Now, David repeats himself here, and there's probably some significance to that, that he is saying this twice. The first song we sang tonight, you may have noticed uh, the passage that it that it, at the, at the top of the page, Philippians 4.4, 4, uh, uh, this is the day, and it talks about in the Lord in that song. Well, in Paul's writing there, he says rejoice twice. Rejoice in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And David does something similar here. He says, be gracious to me, God. Be gracious to me. Uh, he's, he, he's, he, by him repeating this phrase twice, it may help us to see just how, how difficult David's situation was and how much he needed the Lord. And maybe we find ourselves calling out to the Lord repeatedly. I suspect we probably all do in our most difficult times. We may find ourselves calling out to the Lord repeatedly during the day. God, I need your help. God, forgive me. God, guide me. God, lead me. And then we may say the same prayer, the same things we may say even in the same prayer or just a few minutes later. And so, We can relate to David in that sometimes, boy, when we really need God, we'll call out to him, and we may even call out to him by the same thing. God, help me. God, help me. God, be gracious to me. Be gracious to me, because David said, I take refuge in you. I will seek refuge in the shadow of your wings until danger passes. So we can see this 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 visual aid here is if is if God had a wing you can think of maybe a, a mother bird keeping her wing over, over the baby birds as as winds or storm or rain passes. Just being underneath that wing will protect them for whatever is around. And that's what David says, God, help me, I'm gonna seek refuge in you and your wing will will protect me. I will hide in the shadow of your wings and the danger will pass over me. Uh, I I thought about the movie Twister. I don't know if any of you have seen that movie, but at the beginning of the movie, they're in this storm shelter. And if you've ever seen a, a storm shelter before like that, they don't go very far into the ground. You don't have to go very far. The top of it is level with the ground. And you're just barely below, but just being in that dip, when the storm passed over, it kept them safe. Uh, and 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 even maybe you've heard before, if you're in the car and, and a tornado's coming, to get into the ditch, just just the lowest little spot that you can escape from the danger. The danger will pass over you. And here, David is is in the shadow of God's wings. He's in this. He's in this crevice. He's in this place of protection. And he's saying, God, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to trust you and I'm going to take refuge in you until the danger passes. Now, in this case, the danger was Saul who was trying to take David's life. He says in verse 2, I call to God, most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Now, some of your translations may differ there on the wordings. It may have say something to the effect of, God is going to avenge David or God is going to vindicate David. Uh, uh, but, but, but whatever your translation says here, w- the point that David, I think, is really trying to get across is that, is that God is going to accomplish all the things that God wants to Accomplish every work that God starts, He will see to completion. We see that same idea in the New Testament, and David says, "God will fulfill His purpose for me." I like that wording there because I think it's wording that we can relate to uh, and an encouraging wording that God has a purpose for us. Even in the midst of our deepest, darkest times, we may think, "Boy, what good am I to the Lord?" Especially. Maybe when we have failed, when we have sinned, when our faith is not as strong as it should be, when we are depressed, as it said David is here, he says he's despondent. Maybe there are times where we think, man, how can God use me? But God can use us. Those who are his children, God has a purpose for our life. And we may not always understand the purpose of what we go through or what's going on around us, But David says here, look, I know that God is going to fulfill that purpose in my life, that God is going to be with me. So even in the midst of all that David is going through, he is continuing to take uh, his refuge and find his refuge in the Lord and knowing that that God will fulfill his purposes. Verse 3 says, He reaches down from heaven and saves me, challenging the one who tramples me. God sends his faithful love and truth. Now, that's that's a that's a that's a good good little part right there at the end of chapter three that we're gonna talk about for a second. Now, David is praying for he's praying for help. He's praying for grace, for mercy, for God's deliverance, for God to reach down and save him. And when he asks God to help him, What does he say that God gave to him? It says, God sent his faithful love and truth. Now, when we ask God to help us, sometimes that is the way in which God helps us by sending us his faithful love and truth. He reminds us of his faithful love and the truth of his word. Now, we pray to God to help us. We pray for God to deliver us, and sometimes he does. But like David, there are some situations that we must endure, that we must stand firm in the Lord, and we must stay in the shadow of God's wings, and we must wait until the hard times pass over us. And even though we may not be delivered out of the difficult situations in our life, when we pray for God to help us, He may not help us in the way that we expect, but he will help us. And David said, I called to the Lord and the Lord sent his faithful love and his truth. Now that's what's gonna get you and I through a lot of things in life because when all else around us seems like it is falling apart, there is one thing that we can count on. That is the faithful love of God. When we think, man, this world is a, is a horrible shape. Things in my life aren't going, going good. What? How am I going to make it through? You're going to make it through because God loves you. Because God showed his faithful love through Jesus Christ. And that's what God sent to David. When David called out to God, God sent his faithful love and his truth. And that's the same thing that God gives to us. That's the same thing that God may remind us of sometimes, that he may use the Holy Spirit to remind us, hey, you know what, I still love you. I'm still with you. He reminds us of the truth of his word and the strength that we can get from his word. We need to be in that word, especially in our most difficult times. We need to be in the word because the word will remind us of the truth of God's promises to us, of God's love to us. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We shall know the truth, and the truth will set us free. The truth is what gives us strength. What is truth? The truth is that God loves you. The truth is that you are worth something. The truth is that you are a sinner. But the truth is that God will forgive you of your sins. The truth is sometimes you fail, but the truth is God will restore you. The truth is sometimes you feel alone, but the truth is God is with you. The truth is there's enemies that are upon you that make you feel afraid, but the truth is God says, do not be afraid for I am with you. That's the truth that God gives us in his word. And David called out to God for help and God sent him faithful love and truth. That's what's going to get us through this life too, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's going to be God's love and the truth of God's word that will get us through our most trying and difficult times in this life. Now, I hope we are standing on that truth. David was, and I hope that we are, but the truth is... That there are many in the world who don't believe God's word is truth. As Romans 1.25 says that there are lots of people who hear God's word, who hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, but instead of clinging to the truth, they instead trade it for a lie. They would rather believe a lie instead of the truth. Man, that's a scary thing. I think about God's word and I think about the strength that I get from it and I hope you guys do too. And man, there is some strength in the truth of God's Word. And we need to stand firm on that truth in the same way that David did. And and God got David through these hard times. And I guarantee you, He'll get you through them. Sometimes He'll make them go away. Sometimes God will answer our prayers and He'll make our bad situations, He'll fix them in an instant. But sometimes we have to weather the storm and we have to stay in the shadow of His wings and trust Him to get us through those things. And that's what... David did. Verse 4. He says, I am surrounded by lions. I lie down with those who devour men. Their teeth are spears and arrows. Their tongues are sharp swords. Now, these are obviously really difficult enemies that David is up against. When he when he uses this language that they are like lions that they have uh, teeth that are like spears and arrows, that their tongues are like swords. Uh, David is saying, look, these enemies who are coming against me are strong enemies. But even still, David is trusting in the Lord. In verse 5, he says, God, be exalted above the heavens. Let your glory be over the whole earth. They prepared a net for my steps. I was despondent. They dug a pit ahead of me. But they fell into it. Now, David, here we can relate to what he says because he says here that he is despondent, which means he's depressed. Now, I would imagine that everybody in this room can relate to that in some way. Uh, some may be more than others because there are probably times in our lives that we all get depressed, where we look at what's going on, where we see things that are going on, and we think, man, what in the world am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? And it just it just takes your energy, right? It just kind of takes the, sucks the life out of you. It sucks the joy out of you. It, it, it kind of takes away any hope you have. You feel like things are hopeless, and you think, how in the world am I going to get through this difficult situation? Well, when it says that David was despondent we can relate to that David probably felt no different than you and I feel when we are in such situations and and we see why he's got reason to be depressed and and and, and upset and and afraid of what's going on Because he he speaks of his enemies here who dug a pit for him. And so uh, the, 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 the idea being they were trying to take his life. They were trying to set up traps, whatever they could to entrap him, to kill him, to make him fall into this pit. But David knew that he was going to overcome that. Not only was he not going to fall into the pit, but these who were doing evil... It was going to come full circle. And the very evil they planned for him was going to come back on their heads. So in the midst of his depression, in the midst of his hard time, in the midst of the difficulties, he says, look, God, I'm still going to trust in you. I'm going to praise you. And even my enemies who are trying to come against me, I know, God, that one day you will take care of them. And we'll see that kind of language in the next couple of Psalms when we get to them, a very similar language to what we just saw there. In verse 7, he says, my heart is confident. God, my heart is confident. Now, some of your translations uh, may use a different different word there. If you have a King James translation, it says my heart is fixed or something along those lines. Uh, Regardless of what the word is there, he is saying, God, I am totally focused on you my confidence is in you i am fixed on you i am not going to be moved from where i am maybe you could think of it as a as a ship who is in the sea when a ship drops anchor i don't know if you've ever seen some of these huge ships and things that are in the sea but the anchors that they use are just these huge anchors and just just all these just Links of chain that that this huge big weight and boy when they drop those things down those ships stay right in place and David says here look my heart is fixed on you dear Lord my heart is fixed in you I am confident in you dear Lord I will not be moved and he indeed would not be moved because his confidence was in the Lord and there are times in our life where we need to drop anchor on God. That maybe we have been drifting around in the world with the ways of the world. But there may be times in our life where we need to say, God, I'm not I'm not drifting from you. I'm not living for the world, but God, I'm going to put my confidence in you, and I'm going to be fixed on you. And that's what David says here. God, I am setting up camp right here on you, and I am going to be confident in the Lord. You know, when we are in difficult times and depressed and when the enemy's attacking us, he really does attack our confidence. And and when we lose our confidence in the Lord, boy, it's hard to see that light at the end of the tunnel. But David reminds us of a truth here that we need to sometimes maybe be reminded of, that we can be confident in God. We can be confident in His love. We can be confident in His truth. And because of the loving faithfulness that God had sent to David, because of the truth that God had had revealed to David, David was confident in God in that love and in that truth. I will sing, I will sing praises. Wake up, my soul. Wake up, harp and lyre. I will wake up the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. So here we see a similar shift that we've seen in a lot of psalms, and that is, boy, David starts off in this despair, but as things unfold, he begins to uh, reveal his trust in the Lord. He begins to praise the Lord, and and many of our situations will unfold in a similar way. We will be up against an enemy. There will be an enemy against us. There may be sin in our life. There may just be normal things in our life that, that maybe aren't sin, just normal life things that are weighing on us. And there there are all these things that come and we can relate to David and we call out to the Lord. But then when we do call out to the Lord and when we do put our confidence in him and we are delivered and we are restored, then we praise the Lord. Hopefully we praise the Lord in the same way like David did. We begin to praise the Lord and that's what we see here at the end of this psalm. Verse 10, for your faithful love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Now, this is similar language to what we saw in Psalm 36. Uh, it's also the words that are in a third day song, which is a really good song, where they sang kind of the, that key part of, of Psalm 36 uh, Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the sky. Your faithful uh, love is like a, 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 a mighty fortress, I think it is. It's a great song anyway, uh, but Psalm 36 is what that's taken from, and David uses a s- similar language here to what we see in Psalm 36. He knows that God's faithful love is greater than anything in this world. He knows that God will be faithful to him, and he knows that God will deliver him because he is standing and he's confident in God's faithful love and God's truth. And I hope that we too are confident in God's faithful love and we are confident in the truth of God because that's what's going to save us. when the day comes that we all stand before the Lord when our life here is done, it is whether we have stood on the truth of that word or not that is going to to save us. If we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and the truth of God's Word, then we will be saved. But if we have not, then that very truth will be what will judge us. In Revelation chapter 19, uh, it talks about out of the mouth of Jesus was a uh, a two-edged sword. We see that illustration earlier on in Revelation, and we see that toward the end of Revelation, that uh, as Jesus speaks, those words from his mouth are going to be like a two-edged sword, similar to what we see here in Psalms with the the words that are coming from the enemy's mouth. Well, how sharp will those words be that will come from Jesus' mouth when he comes to judge and he speaks judgment and he will judge in his righteous truth, in the truth of his word. And there are many people in this world who hear the truth of this word now And they reject it as a lie. But boy, when that day comes that they stand before Jesus Christ and out of His words, uh, out of His mouth come the truth of these words, they will know in an instant that it is a truth. They will no longer uh, can, can deny that it is the truth of God's Word. Those words will cut through them because they will know that God's Word is truth. And I hope that we know that God's Word is truth tonight, that we don't have to find that truth out on the day that we stand before the Lord, but we find that truth out today, that we don't hate that truth, but we humble ourselves before the truth. There are a lot of people today that hear the truth of God's word, hear of God's love, and they hate that truth. They hate that love. I don't know why, but they do. But boy, there are some who hear God's word, and I hope that's all of us. And when we hear it, we don't hate it, we humble ourselves before it. We recognize it's truth right here and right now, and it's that truth It gives us the strength. It gives us the confidence to make it through this life. And that's what David realized, and that's what God gave him when he called out to him, and that's what God will give us, and that's what we can build our strength and trust on too. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you now, and I thank you for these good words. I pray that we would learn from them and grow from them. Help us to be more like David, dear Lord, in our lives, that we would trust you, and God, that we would always know that we have the truth of your love and the truth of your word, God. Even on our toughest days, help us to stand strong on that and not doubt that, not waver, but to be confident in you and to set up anchor in you, dear Lord. It's not always easy, but I pray that you help us through our tough times and give us strength just as you did, David. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash liberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.